Welcome to this week's sermon from Heights Worship Center. We believe God has something for you today. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. Good morning, everyone. Like Atta Christine said, I'm Colleen, and I'm so excited to be the last young adult to be able to share with you all today. And I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit intimidated just because I am last, and everyone else did such a good job in sharing what God has given to them in their hearts. And I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate all of them. So if we can give them all a round of applause, they did so good. <laughs> So I'm so proud to be a part of a church that lets us speak, like that gives us younger, um, younger generation a platform to speak. And a special shout out to Auntie Donnie, who is watching the live stream because she promised me in Peru. So shout out to Auntie Donnie, we miss you. So as you can see by the first slide, the title of my message today is called, we're going to wait for that, but it's called Unwavering Faith. There you go. And surprisingly, I knew that I wanted to talk about faith the moment after I spoke last year about surrendering to God's plan. That was the title of my message last summer. And last year was the first time I was able to speak up here and share. And honestly, I thought it was going to be like a one-time thing, like only that summer. But thank God it wasn't because I'm so blessed and honored to be standing on this stage to be able to share you all what God has spoken through my heart and what I've learned during this past season. But yeah, I remember thinking if we were to do this next summer, I kind of wanted it to be like a follow-up or like um, a little reflection from last, my last uh, message last year, um, despite the outcomes of anything like that and the things that God has personally taught me in this season. So to begin, I wanted to give a brief background on why I chose a topic I did to share with you all today. So last year's testimony, um, just a little recap, I went through a dark season of my life, but by the grace of God, I was able to overcome that, and I really learned to appreciate the season that I was currently in. And towards the end of my message, I talked about how I was in the season of waiting in terms of transferring to, un to a university after being rejected by all of my dream schools. And in that waiting season, God really was able to work in my heart and trust him that his timing and his plan for my life was perfect. And even though it might not seem as at the time, his plan for my life was going to be so much better than I could ever imagine. So today I wanted to speak on faith or more specifically unwavering faith. I guarantee if you're a Christian or have been a Christian for some time now, you all know that having faith is a very crucial part of your identity as a child of God. Because without faith, there would be no dependence on God. And in fact, I want to pull up scripture. And in Hebrews 11:6, it says, this is in the NLT version. It says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You know, ever since I was little, I was taught that everything happens for a reason. I'm a person who doesn't believe there's no coincidences, and instead, I know that there's a purpose behind everything that God has for my life. Whether it be good or bad, everything has a purpose in every season. And that's kind of where the faith aspect comes in. 
a clear example of this is as I was preparing to share with you all this week, um, I was wondering what scripture or story I was going to use. Like I know when you talk up here, you usually have like some scripture or story to like back it up. And I remember like telling my mom and she was like, go read Hebrews 11. And I was like, mm, why? And she was like, just do it and knock. And I was like, okay. So I literally went to my room. I read Hebrews 11 and lo and behold, the title was um, Great Examples of Faith. And I was like, wow. So I literally ran downstairs to tell my mom, like, mom, that was so perfect. And she was like, that was a devotion, like, I was told to read today from God. Like, it was random, like, completely random. And my mom didn't even know what I was talking about. So there you go. That's proof that there is no coincidences with God. And like my mom likes to say, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, first things first, let's define faith. And in Hebrews 11:1, 1, it says, Faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And in essence, faith is complete trust or conf confidence in someone or something. And it's funny how we're all no strangers to the word faith. Uh, my earliest memories of hearing the word faith for the first time is in Tinkerbell. Um, if any of you are familiar with the Disney Tinkerbell films, there's a little slogan or catchphrase the fairies like to say, and it's faith, trust, and pixie dust. And they would usually say that when they were going to like embark on an adventure or like, be, or like be the villain or something like that. But that just goes to show that the word faith is all around us. We see it in the media, social media, movies, television. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, like, it wasn't just enough to know the word, but to completely understand how to have unwavering faith, a faith that is not shaken in every season of your life. And in Hebrews 11.3, it says, By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. And as humans, having faith does not come naturally. Why? Because it's relying on things we can't see. Humans naturally crave stability, right? Security. We want to know what's going on. Like, I don't know about you. I don't know anyone who would rather be confused on something instead of, like, knowing what's going on. Like, a good example of this, I was in high school. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm an arts girly through and through. I'm an acting major. I'm not a STEM major. And I can't do math for the life of me, okay? Math is very, very hard for me. And I remember doing my homework to the point where I couldn't understand it at all, that I was on my knees praying to Jesus, the God, the God of the universe, to understand my math homework because I couldn't. Sorry, Big Steve. But... I wanted, why did I do this? It's because I literally wanted to understand my homework so I could pass my tests and hopefully pass my class. And that just contradicts the whole idea of faith because um, for God, having faith is trusting in the unseen. It's trusting God in the unknown. And obviously, this isn't easy, and for some people, this can be really hard. I know for me, it's something that I'm still learning on, 
but it's also because as humans, we want to be in control. We have that tendency to want that security to be in control. And like, especially if you're a person who likes organizing and planning, like you got your Google calendars, your planners, all of the things, there's nothing wrong with that. I personally like that. But it's also efficient because it gives you less stress, right, and planning, and it makes life more efficient if you have stuff planned out. But nevertheless, God challenges us to not rely on what we can see and not anything we can do in our own human strength, our own human will, but instead choose to rely on Him and have faith in God alone. So in my 21 years of living, I would say that my biggest act of faith that I had to go through was faith in transferring universities and hopefully getting accepted to the colleges that I wanted to go to. And then I'll just give you like a little backstory of my educational journey. So I graduated high school in 2020. And instead of going the traditional route to straight to a four year, I chose to go to a community college. I went to Fullerton College for two years. And I wanted to transfer at the end of my sophomore year to my dream school, either USC, the University of Southern California, or Chapman University for acting. And by the grace of God, I was able to obtain a 3.9 GPA from my community college. And I was able to apply to USC and Chapman at the end of my sophomore year, which was spring of last year, so 2022. And at the time, I was very much determined to get into USC and Chapman. For those of you who, know, who don't know, they have very strong acting programs. And that means they're very competitive. But even though I knew that they were competitive, I only applied to those two, which I don't recommend. Please don't do that. If you're a high schooler here, always have backups. Do not just apply to those two. But it's okay, because God had a plan. However, when I ended up getting rejected from both those universities, I had no choice but to return for, to community college for another year. And as I talked about last year, God really had to prune me during that season in terms of being patient and having faith that even though I was in the setback, God still had a plan for my life. And in these moments, I thought about everybody's favorite verse, Romans, Romans 8.28, and how God works all things for good. Like, like Giselle talked about last week, like, we love this verse, right? Like, it gives us hope. We always want to see the good in stuff. But what if you're going through something, you know? What if you're in the midst of a trial and a storm? How can you say that God is good if things in your life aren't good? And in the moments of these trials, it's not the easiest to believe, right, church? But I felt like God was telling me that he was the God of the impossible. And his ways were much more better than I could ever imagine, even when we can't see it. See, our human mind is limited. The only thing we can see is probably like this, compared to God, which is the whole, you can't even, you can't even fathom it. But I, I know sometimes we like to say in our human minds of like only seeing what we can see and believing for that, when the God of the universe knows everything else. And I used an analogy of a roadmap last year. Andrea, if those of you who don't know Andrea, she was our young adults leader. And she told me that it was like a roadmap and it had like different like intersections, but they all were connected. And the point of that was that even if you go through a detour, if you abide in Jesus, if you stay on his path and his will for your life, you will still end up where God wants you to go. And I heard a saying that if God gave us everything we wanted when we wanted it, how would we build our faith? 
And that to me is such a bold statement because God's not a genie. He's not a genie in a bottle granting your every wish. And of course, there's like a timing for everything and every situation is different. But for some reason, if God is making you wait for a situation, whatever that may be, like a job, a relationship, um, that promotion, maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe it's because he wants you to fully trust him that he is in control. And like the saying goes, good things come to those who wait. But I'm going to take it a step further and say that good things come to those who wait good. So what does waiting good look like? Well, it starts with your heart posture. Okay, but what does that look like? So, what, okay, ask yourself this. This is a question that I was given and I still think about today. It's a good question to ponder. And the question is this. If God gave me a promise and fulfilled it in this moment, would I have given him the same amount of praise, the same amount of glory if it wasn't fulfilled? Like if God, you've been wanting something for so bad and you believe that it's for you and God, there's a setback or it doesn't happen. Would you give God the same praise and glory regardless, knowing that he is a good God? And if some of y'all are like, I don't know about that one. Like it's a hard concept, right? Because if I'm being honest, that's something I did wrestle with for some time. Like after I was rejected from my dream schools, I thought about my purpose and with acting and the industry. And it really hurt because I, I made that bold prayer like, God, if acting really is for me, if this is the, the field that you want me to be in, let me be accepted to, to the schools. And after being rejected from all of them, you know, that really takes a toll on you because you're like, oh, well, I, I prayed that and maybe that isn't for me. And it really took a spiral. But in my heart, I knew that I had a calling from God. He put this passion inside of me. He put this desire. And, but yet, why was the door being closed at this moment for me? And church, God knows the best way to get you to your calling. That's something I've learned. And in the waiting season, that everything is so intricately planned out with God, he will help you during whatever you're going through in the most intricate and detailed ways. We talk about God being good, but God is just so personable. Like I was talking about with my mom, how she read that random devotion and she didn't even know what I was going to talk about. There's no mistakes with God. And I fully believe that, even though there might be a couple plot twists in the script. So during one of our young adult Bible studies, Pastor Don asked us to complete a little quiz on our spiritual gifts. I don't know if the adults did it, but I know for the young adults we did. It was for the Bible Engagement Project. And on the paper, um, it was like a little checklist that included like your motivational gifts, your spiritual gifts, and your ministry gifts. And I remember under the spiritual gifts, um, the section, um, one of them was the gift of faith. And it said, it was described as someone with an extraordinary endowment of faith by the Holy Spirit to believe for an extra demonstration of the power of God. So I was kind of like unsure about that. I remember like not checking it off. And then I went to Auntie Donnie because we had to give it to her so she can see. And I was like, Auntie Donnie, like, does this count as a spiritual gift? And she's like, check it off. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I was a little bit surprised because I knew I had faith, but I didn't know it was enough to like be considered like a spiritual gift or anything like that. But that just goes to show how 
your testimony is your faith and that is a gift like having faith alone is enough to impact a whole generation it's enough to impact people and you might think like faith is just a part of you know being a christian or trusting in god but it's also a way to evangelize and to tell people about our father so going into the entertainment industry wanting to go to a competitive school you need to have quite a bit of faith and auntie donnie always tells me that how my career path it uh, requires a very deep level of faith and full dependence on god and if you don't have faith you're not you can't make it because the only way is to trust in god and have faith and surrender that god is going to take care of it for your life and i'm so blessed to say that i personally seen god's goodness in every step of my life and even in the valleys in the lowest of lows everything that i've been through was a part of god's picture for my life god's movie if you will and um, going back to my testimony last summer i was getting ready to start my college applications again you know round two and at first i was so determined i was ready to go i was so on fire when the unexpected happened um, my best friend told me she was moving across the country. Andrea Rashana Thomas was going to Bible College in Ohio. And after congratulating her, obviously all I could think about was that I wouldn't have her this time around when applying to college. Um, just a little backup, for the first time I applied to colleges, Andrea was a very big part of my life. Um, as an acting major, I have to do a lot of audition videos, a lot of intro videos, write essays, all of these things. And Andrea was the one who directed my videos. She um, filmed it for me. She edited my essays, gave me advice. And so now, coming into this season, entering a time where I feel like I really needed her the most, the goal that I set for myself suddenly became blurry and like more impossible. Like all I could see was the impossible. But I know that God wanted me to learn in that season that I'm not depending on Andrea. I'm not depending on my own will. I'm not depending on anyone else but God. And he can do the impossible. Um, so something that we had to remember, I had to remember was that impossible may exist for us, but not for God. And I learned recently that in order for the impossible to happen, it needs both us and God. Don't worry, I'll explain. Well, on our own, we can't do the impossible, right? Because like on our own strength, our own power, we physically cannot because we need God. So we can't really do the impossible because we need God. On the other hand, God, our creator, the king of kings, possible does not exist for him because God is all powerful. Nothing is impossible for God, right? And in Luke 18, 27, Jesus literally says to his disciples, what is impossible for people is possible with God. And that's why the impossible takes two. God plus us equal the impossible. And I was literally mind blown by this at first, but then it shed so much light on how I viewed faith and how to have unwavering faith on God, even when things seemed impossible. And another thing that God has helped me through this past year is to have faith in all aspects of my life. And whether it's school, for your finances, work, relationships, even in your biggest dreams, 
God does not tell us to just trust him in one area of our life, but completely disregard the other. Like, we can pick and choose just because one seems more likely than the other. Like, an example of this is you want a promotion, and you're kind of the only one that applied. It's kind of more likely that you are going to get the promotion, God willing, in as regard to, like, the 300K debt that you have, right? There's different things in your life, but God wants us to teach us that we have to have the same amount of trust for the little things and the big things, right? We can't just pick and choose because... Wouldn't our faith be wishy-washy, like, oh, I'll trust God here, but that area, uh, I don't know about that one. No, right? Like, God wants us to have that unwavering faith for our life in any situation, in any season. And specifically, a person I wanted to look at in Hebrews 11 is Abraham. And Abraham was the father of many nations and was literally seen as the father of faith because of his obedience and trust in God. And just a little backstory on Abraham, God promised him to be the father of many nations, and he also promised Abraham a son, Isaac, who God does give it to him, but then he tells him to sacrifice. Um, but in the end, spoiler, I'm sorry, God does save his son, but it required Abraham to have unwavering faith, to have the no hesitation, the completely surrender, the no hands, arms raised faith that Abraham did. And I don't know about you, church, but that's the kind of faith that I want to have. The one where I don't have to think about it. The one where, like, God's giving me a trial. It's okay. It's okay. Obviously, it's okay if right away you're just sad. You can be sad. Jesus wept. You can have feelings. But just know in the back of your mind, you're always going to know that God will be there for you. And God's plan is good for you. And in Hebrews 11.8, it says, It was by faith... By Abraham, that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And I love that line. He went without knowing where he was going. That stuck out with me when I was reading it because quite literally, Abraham had no clue where he was going to go. All he had was a promise and a dream. Other than that, that's all he got. And then still... Abraham had to have faith that God was going to keep his promise for his life, even though he quite literally did not know where he was going to go. So going back to my testimony, I finished my college applications for the upcoming school year in the beginning of this year, so about February. And I don't know if it's the same for the whole U.S., but I know in California, um, when you submit your applications for the fall of, like, the new year, your decisions would come out, like, mid to late March to like late May. And um, this time around, I was very, I was actually very pleased on God helped me on all of my essays and audition videos I had to film with Andrea, because remember, I was a little bit nervous about that, but God sustained me and I'm very much um, grateful for that. But I was still a little bit nervous just because it was my second time around. Um, I really didn't want to stay in community college again for another year. And it would just set me back again and, you know, in future and stuff like that. But I rebuked those names. I rebuked those thoughts in Jesus' name. And I continued to hold on to what God had promised for my life. So besides USC and Chapman, I applied to a total of five universities, and I, more, than, more than last time, which is good, always have your backups. And by the grace of God, I was accepted to all five schools, including USC. Hello. 
including USC, which I will be attending in the fall. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> Glory to God. And I say this in encouragement today to keep your faith. And whatever season you may be in, please, please don't lose faith that God will deliver you from what you're going through. Hold on to him and trust that everything works out for good in the end, even when we can't see it. Romans, Romans 8.28, that is a word that will forever be in season and that will never change. And even in the victory seasons, even in the valley season, Romans 8.28 will always apply because God is the same God and he it will always be good. And I made a promise to God that no matter what happened with my college decisions, I would give the glory back to him. This isn't about an acceptance or an accomplishment, but it's a testimony how Jesus molded me through the hard seasons and brought me out of it. He didn't just leave me and tell me to figure things out because that's not our God. Our God is a loving father who provides for his children. He always makes a way for us because God is good. If he can do it for me, church, he can do it for you. And I, say this to and I say this to encourage you all today that God's plans for your life is always going to be good even when we can't see it. You know, we sing the songs. We sing Waymaker. Even when we can't see it, he's working. But I challenge you not to just know those lyrics, but to actually believe it with your life in every season. Not just the victory seasons or the valid victory seasons, but in the valley seasons as well. Because I was taught that in the valley seasons, you have no choice but to depend on God because that's all you have, right? And the more you would grow your faith. And aside from that, from your testimony, God will always get the most glory from it. And it's not because our God is selfish. He doesn't need our glory. What he wants is our heart and our obedience. And he wants to see that we trust in him. Hebrews eleven nine says... And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. And this verse, this verse speaks so much truth, because after God fulfilled the promise to Abraham, he still had to have faith, right? Because our faith doesn't stop once God gives us the promise. If anything, the more faith we should have for the next season Going into this new chapter in my life, there's going to be a lot of sacrifices that have to be made. I'll be going to school in L.A., so I have to work with balancing that with ministry and, um, and work life. Because and, apart from God, I can do nothing. Apart from God, I can't do this on my own. But I know that when we abide in Jesus, we remain in Jesus, he will sustain us. So I just want to encourage you that wherever you may be in life, if you're waiting for a promise to come to pass, if you've been praying so long for something that you want God to see in your life, or you're in the victory season and God fulfilled a promise for you, glory to God, by the way, keeping our faith is God in God is something that should never waver. Because I don't know about you, but we don't worship the promise. We worship the promise keeper. So I encourage you all today to leave here knowing that there is hope and that God never fails. He always keeps his promises and I'm living proof to testify that our God can do what you see as impossible. What you see as impossible, God can make possible and all it takes is obedience and faith. 
I actually, I wasn't supposed to sing. I, I didn't know if I was gonna sing, but I had this song. I had this song stuck in my head for a couple months now. Not only because my brother plays it 24/7 in their house. I wake up, I hear this song. I go to sleep, I still hear this song. And after finalizing where I was going to where I was going to school in the fall, I played this song in gratitude, and in awe of how good and personable our God is. God knows each and every one of us so deeply, and until this day, I don't think it'll ever change. But it still shocks me how God intricately wor intricately works out certain details of our life. Like God, church, God is so personable to the point where I want everyone in this room to have the faith to see God in such a personal level that you're like, this isn't a coincidence, this isn't a mistake, because God is working all things for my good. And when I surrendered my college decisions to God, I literally said, Lord Jesus, may your will be done, not mine. Because not only did that open my heart to trust in the things that, all of the things that God has had for me, but to actually fully lean on God, that He is the only one that could foresee my path. Because for me, I can't do it. I can't see it. But I know that with God, there is a way and there is hope. And I wanted to end with this verse. I ended with this verse last year too, but it would, it's my life verse. And it's Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So I would just want to ask you, church, if you're willing and able, if you would stand with me as we worship together. But I just wanted to pray and thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for making a way for us. In every season of our life, oh Lord, there is a purpose. There is a lesson that needs to bleed. There is character development. And we're here for it, God. Even though at the time, we may not be here for it. But in the end, Lord, you're always going to make a way for our good. Because you are able. You're the only one that can achieve the impossible. Our, hu our human nature is limited, God. But you promise, Lord, it says in your word that you will sustain us no matter what we're going through. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us in person or online at hwcim.org.